0: got a text the other day to share with you came from a scout he says last time the buckos took a player like tamar johnson in the first round was andrew mccutcheon this kid can really hit especially with that type of contact ability and rhythm he's like joe morgan but stronger uh wow Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. The Pirates, of course, are off until tomorrow night. Home game against the Marlins. The dreariest, driest day on the entire sports calendar. And I mean for the entire year is upon us, but before this, we saw Major League Baseball cram the Futures game, the draft, the home run derby, and the All-Star game all into one big mashed-up ball out in Los Angeles. What they're thinking is with that, I have no idea, especially as it relates to the draft, which could and should be its own distinct event. Rob Manfred said out there that the owners like it the way it is, so that's the way it's going to stay. In that process, the Pirates drafted Johnson, number four overall, out of Atlanta. By every account, very similar, if not necessarily as strongly worded, as that text that I got. He looks and sounds like a big-time hitter. He looks and sounds like someone we should be excited about. Heck, he looks and sounds like someone who really is excited, if you heard any of his interviews after being drafted the other night. are the best player. You know, getting, they're getting the ring, too. I, and I stand by that. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to make sure that they know that and you know, we make that happen. And that's cool. That is really cool. Seems like a really good kid. I only have one thing to say about him. At this stage of his career, go easy. It's nice that they got him. It's nice that he's got potential. It's nicer still that he's a bat. This team, in the long run, is going to have to be built on bats because pitching is just way too expensive. But go easy in recognizing that. Even can't miss, no chance they won't make it, superstar emerging before our very eyes. No, 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 no. All you have to do is look at examples just within this team. And believe it or not, they, they're they more common than you might know. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street See, I don't want to talk about the next cutch when I'm still waiting on the next Nick Gonzalez. And this isn't to be taken as anything even remotely critical of Gonzalez. But Gonzalez, when he was drafted, was almost universally assessed to be the best hitter in that class. Now, now all classes are created equal. And someone who's taken number one overall one year... Might be a legit number 9 or 10 the next, depending on the caliber of his peers. But Gonzalez was seen as just the can't-miss bat more than anything else. Didn't matter if he was going to play shortstop or second base, although most people even back then said he was going to be at second. But he hasn't been super productive. He had a decent year at times in 2021 in Greensboro. and. This is not an excuse. This is a real thing. He and every other young player had to have gotten big time thrown off by the pandemic. Everyone did. We all did. But as Derek Shelton was telling me the other day in Denver, nothing's ever affected young baseball players the way that thing did and continues to because their development, their pace of development got thrown off. And just because Gonzalez has had his ups and downs, and this year it's had everything to do with injuries in Altoona, currently it's a heel issue, no one's really talking about him anymore. And I'm going to remind everyone that it was Gonzalez and not O'Neill Cruz who was number one on the Pirates prospect list entering 2022, at least most prospect lists. That's how highly he'd been thought of. And oh, guess what? Just this past month, when Baseball America put out its top 100 list, meaning of all 30 minor league organizations, Gonzalez fell off. So, you know, let's go easy. Let's tread lightly on the Kutch and the Joe Morgan and everything else that I've seen, heard, and read about Tamar Johnson over the past couple of days. He does have an electric swing. That's not a term you hear me use a lot in baseball. It's electric. The way he brings the bat around, the way he makes it go, the way he can begin his swing later than other guys because of the bat speed that he's got, yeah, that kind of is young Kutch. That's how Kutch looked coming out of Fort Meade High School in Florida. As we're seeing with Cruz himself over the past month or so, there's a lot more to the game than having the bat speed to catch up to a fastball. You've got to be able to recognize pitches. You've got to be able to deal with adjustments whenever you start getting pitched to, to borrow a Shelton term. You got to show patience. You got to work walks. You got to put the ball over the fence. Even just hard contact isn't alone, as we're seeing with Kibrian Hayes, because all of his hard contact is digging up infield holes. Got to be able to have some launch angle to your game. Tamar Johnson will not be at PNC Park next year or the year after. And even if he makes it the year after that, it'll still have been considered a rapid acceleration yes someone to watch someone to pin some hope on but taking it too far yeah no when we come back j1q J1Q comes from Jim Berger and who asks, DK, does Bob Nutting have friends among baseball owners or even just a relationship of some kind? Is there any kind of ostracizing that takes place because he spends so little on payroll? Like he's not one of the guys or not one of the cool kids. Uh, The Mr. Burns narratives... And the various spinoffs of those narratives, they grow like additional tentacles with every passing month of his ownership tenure. On a regular basis, I receive stuff about Nutting that suggests that he's never around the team, that he's a recluse, neither of which are remotely true. He's around the team all the time. Like, he's most visible owner in Pittsburgh by a mile. He's anything but a recluse because, well, what I just said, he's hanging around PNC Park all the time. That he's some kind of uh, greedy monster when I've seen the man sit in the middle seat on a Southwest flight. And I don't think he was doing it for show because... Who would sit in a middle seat on a Southwest flight, even for show, let alone the two and a half hours I saw him do it from Pittsburgh to Tampa? He's cheap. The man is cheap. If you want to find other ways to say that someone's cheap, go nuts. There are kinder ways. There are meaner ways. But at least those would be accurate. He is not one to loosely spend money. And he, like his father, runs his companies in that same way. And I'm not just talking about the pirates. I'm talking about the newspapers and everything else. He's very, very careful with the money. Again, call it what you want, but nobody needs to turn it into some other all this strangeness that comes about. I'm going to answer your question, actually, Jim. I'm not avoiding it. I just wanted to throw that out there and not even necessarily at you because you didn't do any of that. But the idea that nutting would be shunned by the other owners or anything like that, I am aware, including in this past labor negotiation, of several different owners with whom Nutting communicated on a regular basis. I'm not going to share those names because they weren't given to me in that capacity. It was off the record, but I can name them, okay? I know who they were and they didn't have any commonalities. Like it wasn't just him and the other owners who never spend anything. Believe me, it was the exact opposite of that in a couple of cases. The owners are a fraternity. Nutting is an active member of that fraternity. He deals with these guys on a regular basis, and he deals with them in a way that he feels comfortable expressing his own concerns about the economic state of Major League Baseball, the inequities and so forth. But he is not, and this I can't emphasize enough, he is not one to upset the apple cart. If you want to criticize Nutting, and I've done this, Let it be for that. You know why? Because it's real. And I will maintain that Pittsburgh needs an owner who does exactly that. Now, that can get you in trouble. And they will come after you in that event. Ask poor Stu Steinberg of the Rays about that. He thought he had something all set up where the Rays would split their games between St. Petersburg and Montreal. Remember that? And then you remember... What Major League Baseball did to Stu, yeah, they pulled that rug right out from under him. Know why? Because he was a rare no vote in something that they wanted a yes vote on. That's why. It was petty and it was personal. And that's what they do, that fraternity, when somebody steps out of line. So what Nuttings tried to do instead is to work behind the scenes and not kick up a fuss. I would still kick up the fuss. If I were him, that's just my personality, and it's probably most of yours. And again, my preference would be that Pittsburgh had an owner that spoke up for Pittsburgh, that spoke up for the Pirates. He isn't that. He does not have that DNA. Rip him for that. Rip him for a whole bunch of other stuff. But the weirdness and the radio talk show crap that comes out about him, Uh, All that does, you have to understand, for inside the Pirates, inside 115 Federal, all that does is go in one ear and out the other because they actually know it's not true. And they know, they know what the actual problems are. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.